Hello and welcome to Impact Ed. I'm H.D. Chambers with A-Leaf ISD and I want to uh, thank everyone for joining today's episode. Um, as uh, usual, we're, we're hoping that uh, you enjoy it and you find it meaningful and useful. We're going to do our best to, uh, to talk about a topic that in public education is, it's almost become a necessity. And this is two things. <laughs> One is providing additional support to students who need it the most outside of the school day. And then while doing that, perhaps introducing high school students to the field of education, to teaching. And uh, we're going to, we're going to, today's topic is going to merge those two issues. And, I, and you're going to hear from a, a community volunteer, if you will, that, that has taken this on. And then you're going to hear from a recent A-Leaf graduate who's in college right now who participated as a high school student and is now in college uh, majoring in mathematics and potentially going to teach mathematics in A-Leaf. She doesn't know that. I just, I just. <laughs> put that in there. So with that, I am going to ask you guys to introduce yourself, if you don't mind. I'm going to, uh, Araya, if you don't mind, introduce yourself. Okay, tell sure. us a little bit about yourself and then about uh, your Okay. Uh, yeah. My name is Araya Reels Nunez Williams. I should say Reels Williams, now married. Um, but um, I'm the head of an organization called Five Works, and we help folks uh, design programs. And one of the major programs that we're working on right now is Comet. And we've been in A-Leaf maybe for six years now just heading up Comet and watching it grow. So a lot of it's been fun, and a lot of it has been sort of volunteerism. Again, I'm really, really happy to be here. Thank you. And we'll talk about what Comet is and okay. what it stands for in just a little bit. Balhan? Okay, my name is Balhan Fee. I'm at the University of Houston majoring in math. This is my first year. Um, I hope to become a high school math teacher in A-Leaf one day. <laughs> um, I've got um, a contract for right here. <laughs> Um, I was in the practicum of education and training with Ms. Latsu, and I did student teaching for two years. I got to teach at my old middle school at Kilo, and I taught high school algebra one my senior year. Throughout high school, I was always really involved. I was always volunteering, and I was so grateful to encounter a program like Comet that I really got really attached to. So, yeah, I'm in high school. I mean, I'm in college now. <laughs> it's so weird. And um, I'm a Charles Butt scholar, raise your hands scholar. It's my first year and I'm really excited. I, I'm very appreciative for you for being here. We, we've recorded a lot of Impact Ed episodes over the last year and a half that have included either current high school students or recent graduates. And the by far, by far, we, we learn more from listening to students like yourself, uh, and regardless of what the topic is, doesn't matter what the issue is. In this particular case, uh, you know, it goes without saying, and it's, it's been like this for a long time. Schools, in and of themselves, can't do it alone. If you take a look at uh, not just A-Leaf schools, but just schools in, in the greater Houston area, there are challenges beyond comprehension in some cases. We'll talk about some of those, but the reason I'm saying that is because. For our high school students, and now obviously in college, for them to recognize that, to, to be exposed to it as a 16, 17, 18-year-old is powerful. When when I got to A-Leaf, I've been in this district, uh, in this role for about eight and a half years now. But one thing I noticed when I got here, and it was very apparent to me, was one, there, were a, there was no shortage of faith-based, whether it's a church, an right. organization, right? Right. 
in Araya, you'll, you'll recall, we kind of called everybody together. <laughs> right. There were so many of us in, in the room, and um, and you were sharing an idea. And I sat there really, really quietly because I knew exactly what you were wanting. But I just remember we had ministers there, I mean, social service agencies there, and just uh, so much interest, I think, at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, there was. And we didn't know what it was called. We didn't know what it was going to look like. <laughs> but Comet kind of it birthed itself from a, a a conversation with the faith-based community. Exactly. Exactly. You know, there was a church at every corner and there were over, I think you all gave me a number like 268 apartment, you know, right. properties yeah. right yeah. around. And, and so your idea was, is there a way that we can sort of partner and kind of connect the dots, you know, somehow? And the idea was so neat because it was, can we serve kids where they live? You know, I think the big issue was that weren't weren't you all seeing just a lot of movement with kids and folks? Yeah. And so the idea was, is there a way to add value to where the kids live and perhaps convince parents not to pull their kids out and uproot them, you know, from their school, you know, over and over? And so, I mean, I I think that was one of the things that made it really interesting to me. Because I thought, oh, that's a that's a challenge. I mean, can we convince parents to stay put? It was a big ask. It was, yeah. it was, it was a big ask. There's no ma- magic answer to that question. Right. But Comet was birthed, and it was it was it was a request, if you will, or a call to arms of our faith based community, yeah. our apartment community, because so many of our kids live in apartments, and then the school district. Right. Your role, just real quickly, just talk about your your role. In Comet, maybe tell people what Comet stands for because it does stand for something. <laughs> it stands for something. <laughs> <laughs> Comet, the name really came about from the the interest or the purpose or agendas of the folks who joined, who wanted to help. These are the agencies, and so Comet stands for Community Outreach, Missions, Education Team, and my role was missions you know, or or ministry. And so we wanted to make sure that the, the churches would have a role in there and, and do what they, they do best. That's that's what you, you said. You, yeah. said. you all just come in and do what you do best, you know. And so it was really neat as I got to kind of connect the, the dots. You know, we came to the table, we had things to offer, we had some resources. And, and my job was to look at it and just say, how can we make this work, you know. And so what was so nice was just having folks who wanted to work, right? I mean, just folks who said, we want, we want to do this. You guys opened the, the door. I've been in, in nonprofit for over 20 years, and I've never had a district say, yeah, come in. And I remember kind of being a little bit, you know, hesitant about this thing because when there's so many people, so many players, you just have to be so careful about what you do and say. The district was saying yes to so many things that it just made it so easy for us to design to design the program. My role was to design it, then to train folks to run it, and to train the volunteers and the, the churches, and and then things kind of got a little bit messed up. And so now I am actually managing it. So that wasn't part of of the plan, but that's what I do now. And so we oversee about six different sites now. So what that looks like is it's apartment complexes where we have elementary age kids who yeah. come, go home every day, in some cases to an empty apartment, yeah. right? And then instead of sending them to that empty apartment, we we send them to a room that you guys, a classroom. Yeah. 
And I mean, you were where? At Premier and Catalina? Did I was at do? Catalina. At Catalina? Yeah. And so Miss Elizabeth has that place decked out, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you might want to tell us just a little bit about what it looks like when the kid goes in. And yeah, definitely. When I walked in on my first day at Comet, I thought I was in a real classroom. The way Ms. Mendez like, made the whole classroom environment, it felt so real. It felt like I wanted to sit there and learn. It felt like I was comfortable doing homework there. So the way Ms. Mendez like, set up her classroom, it, if, it was all open arms with her. And that's the partnership with the apartment complex. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so we asked these property owners to um, give us a place to meet. And sometimes it's a really nice clubhouse, and sometimes it's a one-bedroom apartment like the one that you you were working in. And so we meet kids at, at the bus, and we take them in, and they have snack with us, as you know, and they might play a little bit, and then they have their homework time and reading. But these owners are really, really grateful for what we do. And I wish we had more, really. There's a couple of blanks in the story I'm going to fill in. Okay. That, and in some cases, it's a, it's a calling out, if you will, because I want to bridge this gap between, well, how did high school kids get involved yeah. in this? Because as we talked about before we went on air, mm-hmm. we didn't really include the high school student element of this. The idea was we were going to use our nonprofits, our faith-based nonprofits, to do training and to do organization, do what you guys do best. We were going to use our churches to reach out to congregations and come in and help mentor these students and tutor these students. And, well, it should be said, my intention was never for this to be an after-school daycare program. Right. This was not babysitting. This was not this was going to be an extension of the school day, I think is the term we all kind of used. Right. It's going to look like a math class, look like a reading class. But to be quite blunt, the church component of this where we were thinking there would be volunteers and adults who would be giving them their time didn't play out. Right. Did not. And I fussed at churches and I fussed at pastors. And and uh, nevertheless, it, it didn't work out. People have lives and busy and things that get in the way. And that's when the student, and I don't know whose idea it was. I don't know if it well, was yours. I, it was, no, um, they showed up. It was uh, A-Leaf Early College. They were just a group of them, yeah, and they, they started volunteering <laughs> at Viadora. Well, uh, like, well, well there's, there's a, we have a, a young lady in our public relations department who's a Hastings grad. Her name's Tracy Lau, and, <laughs> and we joke about this. Her job has nothing to do with Comet. <laughs> but, she but, but, but she is Comet. But she's Comet. And she probably should be sitting here. Yeah. Between several people, herself included, we thought about, well, my gosh, we've got this this bank of kids out there, which is where you come in. Talk about how it was brought to you and kind of what piqued your interest. I want to hear about your experiences and how that's kind of influenced you and impacted you. But talk about the initial, uh, how it was presented to you, what, what got you interested in it, what you discovered. <laughs> So I remember sophomore year of high school. I don't remember how Comet was introduced to me, but I was always with the education program and I was always in a part of the Taffy, the teacher club at Taylor High School. And I think Miss Tracy and Miss Latsu got together and they brought Comet during my sophomore year. And I don't I don't know. They just <laughs> it, happened, huh? it appeared. Yeah. <laughs> like they gave us their training and they told us what we would be doing. And then me, a group of friends, uh, a large group of us. And we just we were like, OK, let's just donate a couple hours of our day out of the week and let's just do this. And so we would ride the bus together because that's before I had a car. We would ride the bus to the actual apartment complex. We would get there. We would, um, you know, get ready for snack time and then walk out to the front and pick up the kids from the bus. And then we would have recess and just do homework the rest of the day. And it, it would be it became like a routine out of my high school career. Like, okay, I know every Wednesday I'm going to have to ride the bus over, go to Catalina, and then just repeat. And it, it was really fun. What did you find with the kids, with the little ones? I mean, what was, 
I don't know if you have little brothers or sisters. I don't know if you're around little kids or, or not as you've been growing up. But what did you find that kind of hooked you or what, what caught your attention? So um, Definitely um, when I was a sophomore, I didn't know what I wanted to teach. I knew I wanted to be a teacher and I don't have younger siblings. So just working with the younger kids and like seeing how big their imagination is like really caught my interest and seeing how like they're carefree they are and how eager they are to learn really caught my interest. It's a, a misnomer out there that Kids really do want to learn, right? Yeah. They yeah, do. Sure mm-hmm. they do. They may not like school or mm-hmm. say they like it, but deep down they want to learn. Mm-hmm. If, if you make it fun, right, if you make it fun, I think, you know, all kids will learn. And they're learning even when they don't know it, but yeah. Did that have any influence on you choosing the major that you've chosen? And or you said earlier you knew you wanted to be a teacher early on. Did that help enforce it? I, I want to say comment did help me realize that, you know, education is the path I want to take. Um, obviously working with the kids and realizing it takes a lot of patience and a special kind of person to like, you know, take care of elementary students. Um, it really did help me realize like I wanted to be a high school math teacher and work with older kids instead. I have intentions on maybe becoming a K through 12, you know, getting that right. certificate, working with kids at, at all ages. So it did, it did open my mind up to that. So part of this equation was the families, the parents. Yeah. But let me just kind of go go back because we need to to talk about how this uh, all came about. And Mr. Chambers and I were in a meeting and we just thought we'd invite the the A-Leaf early college kids who volunteered at at Viadora. And I think you and I were really stunned by how profound their experience was. Do you remember what they were saying? Yeah. And and you and I just kind of looked at each other like, wow, we had no <laughs> idea that that high school kids could take a role like that so seriously and how they cared so much that the kids got their homework done or what they didn't know and how hard things were and how you had to take that extra time, you know, with them. And and what it meant, and I think I think we talked to maybe we heard from four or five students that mm-hmm. day, and I was just kind of shocked. And we stood up and and we said, "Wow, we don't have to you know, wait for the the churches. What? Who would have known that the high school kids? <laughs> I mean, you guys brought another dimension to this thing. I wish I could take take credit to say, oh yeah, we were going to include high school students, but no, that's not how it was. It evolved, and it grew because." We were just stunned at how important it was to you all. I mean, to the you know to those few volunteers and how committed you know. It means a lot that you guys. I mean, that, that you said, oh, it's just you know repeat. We take note of those of you who come and are committed. I mean, it means a lot. It's not a natural thing. I mean, really, it's not. And so it just it's very very powerful for us and not nonprofit to see that kind of impact. Really. The next the next semester, Mr. Chambers and Tracy went out, and I think you all just in- introduced the idea about volunteering, and you had like 300 students. Yeah, Tra- Tracy went to each high school, and I, I think I'm telling this correctly, but just kind of put an all call through their yeah. teacher, through the, the Taffy programs. Says, if you're interested, come after school. We'll talk about it. Rooms were full. That didn't yeah. mean every kid was going to did it. Exactly. That, or they're all going to be teachers. There's a lot of lessons that are that were learned in this by the adults. There were a lot. And if you're listening to this and you're still trying to figure out what Comet is, it is basically, if you can envision a third grader, just, just take any third grader you can put in your mind, getting off the school bus at an apartment complex, and instead of going to his or her apartment, they go to a room and they're taught by high school students. That's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's really and it. They're, and they're hugged on and they're loved and, right, right. they hug these 
these high school kids as if they're their teacher. Well, they are. In their minds, they are their teacher. And I'm going to go back to our original conversations was because none of us, particularly me, I was not interested in something we couldn't sustain. I was not interested in a program that, that I was going to fight every year to find somebody to organize or to find somebody to do it. And that's where the high school kids come in. If you did anything, you've made it sustainable. Absolutely. I mean, it was, it was exactly what we needed, you know, because, no, no you know, question. we were always looking at how are we going to do this? Because every nonprofit really uses about volunteers. It's the, kind of like the, the backbone, right? And so we were like, wow, what are we going to do? And then, ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> I've given conversations to a lot of people and people have asked about comment and that's, that's the message. That is the message. I mean, and what it does, too, and you guys may not be aware of this, but those kids look up to you all, and you all plant that necessary seed that, yeah, I can go to high school. I mean, a lot of kids do drop out along the way, but I think one of the things is that they see these young people, and they say, oh, they're like teachers. I can do that, you know? And so I just love that, because you all are role models and mentors and teachers and all those things, but I think a lot of kids really look look up to you all and just say, oh, I want to be a volunteer when I get to high school. And so it's a nice seed that's planted. How much did the emotional relationships with these kids play a part in y'all's, not not just the act of teaching them, but the emotional? Mm -hmm. Because you get attached to them, right? Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Like if I miss out on one week, I feel like the kids were like, I don't know, you don't talk to me no more because you (laughs) you skipped out on me last week. So like the kids are really, they, they get attached to you like really fast. There's a serious component of that. There is. Because those kids have been let down a lot. Yeah. And they're so used to folks coming in and out of their lives. That's right. And so we always say, if you're going to commit, just commit for a year, be there every day. And that's why I mean that that I I look to those kids who you know who showed up every week because it meant something. It means something to to the little kids. Araya, as as we what six six years, six years. into this, I guess. Yeah. What are some of the? And you and I've talked about future ideas and yeah. and concepts. But as we've looked at it, what where are areas we still have to work, to work on? on? Yeah, what's our issues that we're concerned about now? You know, I'm really concerned about the younger kids, and I'm very concerned about about what do we do when kids leave Comet. I'm really concerned about the kind of the, the both ends of the, you know, the intermediate kids and what do we do with the younger kids. Younger know, being like three-year-olds. Right. Yeah. I work at these complexes. I'm in the Club Creek area, and I see a lot of stuff. And I'm the kind of person who kind of looks around and watches kids, and I see kids that are kind of left alone and, I mean, little tiny kids, you know. You know, I just make it my, my job to just sort of talk to parents and say, what's your kid up to, you know, or whatever. But I've just seen that so many kids are not even ready for pre-K. They're not ready for kinder. They can't read. Yeah. A lot of them can't yeah. even speak or put two words to, to, together. A lot of parents aren't taking the time to really just have conversations with their child. So that's basically what I try to do. I try to just gauge where the child's at by having conversations with them, play with them. Mr. Chambers, I just think we need to do more to get the younger kids ready even for, for pre-K, much less kindergarten. Talk to some of your, uh, your, your teachers who say, you know, when they come into, into kindergarten, they're not even ready. Mm-hmm. What can we do? And I just see all these kids kind of just floundering there. And I'm just thinking, I talked to a three-year-old a few weeks a few weeks ago, and it just broke my heart. I mean, he could not articulate one word. And I spent like 20 minutes with him, you know, kind of talking to him, trying to see if he knew just one color or a sound. And it was just heart-wrenching. And I'm thinking, God, this kid's lost. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be so far behind. We've had impacted episodes on early childhood, pre-K <laughs> literacy. Mm-hmm. And those conversations were more geared towards the actual skill of reading, comprehending. It is true. Right? We have a growing population of zero to three-year-olds 
that are coming to school not just not kindergarten ready. They're not pre-K ready. Yeah, they're not. And there's all kinds of issues. Bahan, I'm curious, when you and your friends started working with these kids, were, were y'all shocked? Was there anything you said that, that made you say, golly, these kids are not where they should be? Just curious as to how y'all perceived that when you when you worked with your kids. I feel like the big issue was a lot of it, they were ESL students and there was a big language barrier. Mm-hmm. So most of the times it was really hard for you know me to help them with their homework because I don't speak Spanish or whatever mm-hmm. language that they speak. But even the students who were Spanish speakers, some of them were very good at reading and compared to like other students I've worked with. So I guess I was a little bit oblivious. As a student volunteer, we always just tried our best and like tried right. with whatever resources we had. Right. It is an issue. I mean, there, like I said, we've had multiple conversations on mm-hmm. the very topic of literacy. Right. Just literacy. Yeah. Well, you have parents who can't read. Right. And so, I mean, and they really count on us mm-hmm. you know, to help, you know, their, their kids because they can't help. Yeah. Most know? of the times the parents at Comet are the ones that are like asking us like, oh, could you help us fill this out? Could you help us read this and that? The parents want to be engaged and they're trying their hardest. They, I'm Yay. Glad. Isn't that great? <laughs> no, I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. that also becomes a uh, – there are people that, that may be listening to this that say, well, those who make accusations without information. Yeah, sure. Like, you know, parents don't care about their children. Parents don't – that's not the case. That's not the case. At least in my experience. I just think parents want to be better parents. I mean, I just believe that. And I just think that they don't have the tools. And at times they don't have the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in this, in this community you've got – Single parents working two or three jobs just to, to keep the lights on. And then you, like you said, behind you've got parents who perhaps just migrated into this country or into this area. And whether it's a cultural difference, a language barrier, or a combination of a lot of different things, it's not as though they want any less for their child. If you're going to work in A-Leaf, I don't care what job you have. If you're going to work in this district, you better understand that. Exactly. You don't need to be blaming some outside force or some external force like, like a an uncaring parent or an uncaring right because that's not the case mm-hmm. that I'm completely convinced of that I've worked with a lot of parents who seem to be uncaring but once you break down the wall I mean right. there's just so many things that these parents are facing my goodness I mean I know how hard it is for us I mean I would say the hardest thing we do because Comet is built with a parental involvement you know piece I mean you're not just in there and getting a free program we ask parents to give up their time and that's really really tough for parents who don't know what volunteerism is and you know and you have to teach them and sometimes it's like pulling teeth but you know what if you spend time and we we build it in we want to have that contact with the parents we want to touch them every day to say hey how you doing what's going on we've been through everything with parents everything I could tell you stories, but I just believe, again, that some parents just have a wall. You know, it's just a a facade. I mean, their life is breaking down. I mean, almost every Comet kid, I hate to say this, is like uh, has a crisis in their family. One Mm -hmm. way or something's, you know, happening. There's so many barriers. Sometimes I applaud your, your teachers, Mr. Chambers, because I think, how do they teach distracted children? How do they teach? How are they able to teach, you know? Because there are so many barriers. So, I mean, I, you know, I I really appreciate because I see it. I see what they have to do. I think the most important part of Comet is that we know that if we don't reach the parent, that child has a chance if it's a very resilient child. But if we don't reach the the parent, the chances are that kid's not going to go very far. So we always design our programs to make sure that there's one parent paying attention. And I know that some folks don't want to deal with with parents. I want to. 
yeah, just give me the, the challenge. I've had parents who have been kind of rough and gruff and they wouldn't smile or they wouldn't, they'd grunt at me. But you know what? So what? You know, I'm going to reach out anyway. And it just takes that caring. It takes that extra effort, you know, to say your child matters to me and you matter to me. And guess, guess what? We're in this together. Um, I've had those conversations with parents and my program leaders who are amazing. I mean, they're so good at this. Right. If you had suggestions or what, what are, where are the areas you think we could grow? You know, Araya kind of talked about where she sees it. Just from your perspective, what do you think? Um, I think it would be cool as like student volunteers. So like, you know, if we have time for recess. We have time for like lunch and homework. Maybe we can have time for like the student volunteers to be like actual mentors to students yeah. aside from homework. It's just like, oh, how was your day today? And just the like the high school volunteers like sharing well, like their day too, like their high school day with the elementary mm-hmm. students. Just some, give them something to look forward to. I think that would be a cool part to include. Mm-hmm. You're right, because the kids usually they don't have anybody to, to talk to. Mm-hmm. They just are not engaged with anybody unless their parent is, you know, I don't know, saying they're always being scolded or anything. But it would be so key, I think, for a child to just be able to sit down and have a conversation. Yeah, like know. a bigger brother or bigger yeah, sister. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's huge. I think we could put that into practice. Absolutely. There's no question. There's a, a component of this that's academic, going back to the literacy. And then there's a component of this that's a social emotional. And, and you can't separate the two. They both have something to do with each other. We've learned through a lot of research that children who are just talked to, and you, meant, or you mentioned this earlier, just like, you know, a two-year-old, a three-year-old, just talking to them. Mm-hmm. Whether they understand a word you're saying or not, just right. talking to them and getting them to engage. If you take your child to the grocery store, talk to them as you're going up and down the exactly. aisles about chips or cereal or whatever mm-hmm. you're looking at. We started this by talking about kind of the, the infancy of Comet and where it was, how it was founded. I talked a little bit about the frustration that some components of the community, in my opinion, uh, didn't participate as much as I was hoping they would. As we go forward, and you, and you mentioned earlier that the three-year-olds and the two-year-olds, mm-hmm. and we're looking at that. We're, we're going to, we, when I say we, Aleph ISD, mm-hmm. there's some things that I think we can do with that age group. Uh, but every age group that you, you know, from five-year-old, there's a difference between a five-year-old and a four-year-old, and there's a difference between a four-year-old and a three-year-old. We're, we're working as a district right now on what types of partnerships can we build with professional providers of education for three-year-olds. We'll talk more about that. In terms of the the Comet program, we've got some some information that we can talk about. But as a district and something more formal, uh, we've got some things that are, you know, irons in the fire, if you will, with some of our local daycare providers who have a bunch of our Mm three-year-olds because that's where a lot of them are during the day. And they may or may not be receiving anything other than, you know, daycare. But I do think that's in our quest to address some of the things that you guys have mentioned. Uh, We, the public schools, or schools in general, and programs like Comet have to get our hands on them as early as possible. We really do. I mean, you know, I'm thinking about starting something like a mommy and me program. I mean, you come in, and parents don't know the developmental stages of children Mm -hmm. and the milestones that they need to be reaching. But what if we could help them with that? What if we could say, okay, by six six months, your child should be doing this. There's also just a lack of information about health, health care. You know, some moms don't even know when they need to take their kid to the doctor. I mean, just things like that. But I'm thinking if we can start early and you just bring the parent up with the child, and in one other program that I used to run, we actually taught the pre-K moms the curriculum that their kids were learning so that mom could reinforce things at home and things like that. And so, you know, I mean, I've got all kinds of, of ideas, mm-hmm. you know, and just because I know that when these kids, if nobody intervenes, 
these kids are going to be so far behind, oh. always. I mean, and I worked at the other end of this, you know, my my past career. I used to see kids at the end of their process here, their ed- educational process, and they're trying to get into the world of work. I don't know. I mean, I, I just feel like if we don't do something soon, you know, we could be seeing a really big mess. I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm usually a very positive person, <laughs> but I just know, I see the kids where they live and I know what they're up against. And sometimes some kids won't have a chance unless you guys, and you are doing the right thing. And you, I mean, it's just so cool to see this. I mean, this is really a big deal, I think. Oh, it, you know? it is. It you is. Know. I was pointing, when you were saying you guys, I was pointing to Bahan. Would you perceive your generation as being more optimistic about where we're going? How do you how do y'all view the world as it relates to this? Trying to make sure we have as many educated people as possible. I mean, do y'all think about things like like this? I know you do, but <laughs> yeah, I think definitely. Like as um, me and my peers are getting older, we're starting to realize, you know, how the world is set up around us, and it's just going to continue to get worse unless we do something about it. And I think that. If me and my peers get our education, we go to school, we're able to, like, come back to communities, like, where we grew up in and, like, actually make a change. Oh, that's awesome. It is. It <laughs> I mean, really, it is. It's, it's really great. I'll, I'll say this as we, as we wrap this up. Um, I've lived in several communities and I've worked in several school districts. I've never worked in a community like Ailey, and I mean this with all sincerity. There are a lot of people that believe what Bahan just said about this district. Mm-hmm. We have more alumni that come back to teach and to work in our district. Uh, it's, it blows my mind every year when we introduce our new teachers at the beginning of the year and how many of them are recent graduates. I don't know what the percent is. Uh, someone's speculated it's around 33 to 34 percent of our entire staff graduate from a native school. That may be that's over, so cool. but somewhere in that ballpark. So it is true. And I, that's what gives me tremendous, tremendous optimism about our school system and the kids and the children who are going to continue to come up through it because we've got people that are they care. I didn't grow up in A-Leaf. I didn't, I wouldn't raise in A-Leaf. I didn't raise my children in A-Leaf. So I care about A-Leaf, but I, I probably can't physically care about it like someone who physically lived here. They physically were here. That's what gives me great optimism about Comet and about other things that are that we're doing. But if you're listening to this and you live in the community, this is a call to arms, if, if for lack of a better term, and you want to volunteer and you want to do something in a meaningful way, Comet is a powerful, powerful program. And we're looking for all types of volunteers. But you got to be willing to to stick it out. We don't need you to come in one day and make yourself feel good about it and then don't see you for three months. I don't want you coming in during Thanksgiving and Christmas because it feels like that's the time of the year you need to give back. I'm not interested in that. And they're shaking their heads. We're not interested in that. We're interested in people who are are willing to do it for the right reason and for the long haul. Doesn't matter what walk of life you come from. It doesn't matter what your background is. We're, We're just looking for people to help kids, right? That's right. I just love that you said long haul because that's that's the key thing. Yeah. You just come in. It's got to be sustainable. Right. Absolutely. It's All right. Anything else we haven't talked about, whether Comet or math majors or <laughs> education? Um, I want to say definitely Comet, as young as I was, um, Comet really helped me, like, open my eyes to my love and desire for volunteering. And hopefully, like, if you commit yourself to a program like this, like, you could really – use volunteering as like a long-term passion. Very well said. Very well said. You're mature beyond your years. (laughs) 
we just had some great volunteers. I mean, Ailey, I mean, I have to tell you that Tracy has done such a great job, and she should be here. All your staff, Mr. Chambers, have just helped. And, I mean, Comet is what it is today because, I mean, there are a lot of very committed people, you know, who put some quality things into it. But the high, high school key, I mean, that was the final piece, I think. That just made Comet work. And so thank you guys for doing it. To all the Comet volunteers, Mm -hmm. you know, thank you guys for for what you did. It means a lot to these kids. These kids will never forget you. That's how powerful what you guys are doing is. Really, they'll never forget you. That's awesome. Well, thank you both for being here. I really do appreciate it. We're going to continue pushing and we'll continue talking about not just volunteerism and Comet and literacy, but it's going to take all of us. Yeah. It's going to take us all. So thank you guys for joining us. For those of you, if you, for those of you that listen to this, and you are interested in participating, perhaps uh, if you go to our website aleafisd.net, if you search, you will find information on how to to be engaged, and that's what we're uh, that's what we're asking. So thank you. Have a great day. Thank y'all for joining us. This has been Impact Ed. I'm HD Chambers. Have a great day. This has been an AMP production.